It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak, and this is the first show for the year, so I can't say every week. I'm Brett Levy. I'm your host. I'm super excited, as always. First show of the year is always a recap of CES 2012, 2023 in this instance. I'm double excited because friend of the show, personal friend, probably at least arguably one of the best IT writers in the country, if not the world, and the second biggest, or maybe still number one, Apple fan. Alex will be joining me today as well. Uh, in fact, let's bring Alex into studio now before we start going into slides and that. Hello, Alex. Oh, good. I see you're still sitting at Happy CES. Year. Oh, I, can see your, I know that part of the <laughs> you've show. Got, you've got the picture that I wanted to get. Oh, <laughs> so I'm glad go. I didn't get well, it. Otherwise, you would I'm, have two rain with golden ashes. You know, I had to yeah. bring my chair with me as well. So like for anyone that says, oh, it's just a virtual screen. I always travel with my chair. I mean, in every single screenshot, you'll see my chair. And you've got, you've got um, incredibly Alex, good noise cancelling because the 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 uh, sound of the crowd at CES is um, always, you know, loud. It's that new feature, you know, with the iPhones as well, where you just drag down and you get that audio control. I'm using that on my Mac as well. So you'll hear nothing unless you hear something in the background that I choose to allow you. But anyway, I take it you had a good break. Um and uh, yes, happy new year I, to all. Yes, well, when do we actually start stop saying happy new year? Like, what is the? I think I think January thirty or thirty one or whatever the whatever oh, really? the last okay. day. So is. the whole month. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm just making that up, but I mean that would make oh, okay. sense. It's, it's January is still safe. Okay, so right. Well, happy festive season. I hope everyone had a good one. I definitely did enjoy a little bit of downtime. I must say, I missed the shine, and I I love doing this on Wednesdays. So it's not. Like everyone says, where do you get the time to do it? I love doing this. So it's not, it's not work when you actually have to put something else together. Now, the show's only about 40 minutes. And the fact that Alex is here as well, I know he's going to have heaps of stuff that I didn't see or didn't come across. So what I did and, and what I always generally try and do for these shows, is I just choose a few products. In this case, I chose 10. Um, now, you can't cover three days of CES in 40 minutes or even an hour of a show. So that's why I do the 10, and it's like kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I feel like I need to start singing, like, wow, 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 you know, get the, I should actually get that screenshot up of uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. There were some good, there were some incredible, actually, and there were some ugly. So I'm going to just quickly bring in my, um, my presentation, because Alex, I know you probably would have seen these products, but I'm going to bring them up anyway, just so that people can see, and you can tell what you thought and sure. didn't see or didn't see. So... I don't have any segments for the show today. I always start off with things with a Z. I'm renaming it things with a CES. And away we go. So this is the BMW iVision D, D-E-E, -E, for whatever reason. And fundamentally, now last year BMW did a similar thing where they put e-ink panels on a car and they just changed the images of it. They made like more patterns than anything else. Now that we have color e-ink panels, and I'm still looking to review one or two of those devices. They've now put color ink panels on their car and they can change any part of it to any color. Um, I don't know. Is it cool? Is it kitsch? Is it the good, the bad, the ugly? I don't know. What do you reckon, Alex? Well, it's a bit of fun. I mean, the DEE stands for Digital Emotional Experience. And if you watch the video, uh, the Sony, so the BMW keynote and other presentations about it, you know, this is a concept car, so it's got an AI, can talk to you. 
And um, you know, the video actually has uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, speaking <laughs> <laughs> about the car and being. Let's being, just um, stop at the talking part. It's bad enough that I have my wife nagging. I mean, talking to me in the car, and it, now I've got and a GPS telling me where to go. Which, by the way, I've changed to a male voice, so I don't have to have females telling me where to go. Now the car is <laughs> going to talk to me as well. I'm going to have three voices that are that are interfering with me. <sighs> so you're saying Schwarzenegger? Look, having. Yeah, well, anyway, having the color-changing panels is very cool. Uh, you can have, uh, you know, the red sports car with the white stripes. It can be a blue car. It can, be a, it can have different uh, logos and presentations on it. You won't have to skin or wrap your car in, in sort of the advertising branding that you see various okay. companies do. If you can have a car that can just display it on there like a monitor. The, the question okay. is going to be the longevity of these panels and what happens if there's a dingle. You can imagine that uh, just like you see uh, LCD screens with, with broken pixels, or you see those giant road signs uh, with those ever more uh, higher, higher resolution screens, but yeah. Yeah, there are pixels that are, that are you know, no longer there. And uh, it's just, I mean, it's that whole... Uh, personalization and AI and also the, I mean, it's the ultra-personalization coming true. I remember seeing in The Fifth Element a scene where uh, Bruce Willis had gone into somebody's office and there's a lady there and she puts on what looks like a VR headset. But what it's really doing is, is applying all of her makeup. And then she has colored fingernails. And she taps her each fingernail and it just changes into a different color. So, you know, the technology is catching up to what sci-fi has shown us a long time ago. And, uh, you know, they've gone from black and white last year to color this year. And next year, presumably, it will be even more, uh, you know, color photorealistic with billions of colors rather than just a few dozen or a few hundred. What's nice, I mean, obviously, it's a prototype. They haven't given a launch date. But what is nice about e-ink for those people that don't know is that when your power runs out, so if you've ever picked up a Kindle or anything like that. If the power is dead, the image is still on the screen because it's hence the name ink. It's there. So this won't. If you set the color of your panels before you leave your garage, it will stay that way, it, and it won't draw any additional power in it. So I think that's where using e ink is quite clever. Um, I'm waiting for the opportunity where you can do live messages. You know, when someone cuts you off, you can just change the panel on the side of the car. <laughs> that's something that we probably wouldn't use the wording on e- on this live broadcast. Uh, and drive up no. next to him and go. You know, have a look at the, the sign, mate. Um, yes. The next, one, the next one. Now, this was super exciting for me. So, you know, Alex, you may not know this, but when Aria used to host the show with me, every single show had something to do with VR or AR or mixed reality or hyper reality. Um, and in fact, Aria is still very involved with the VR um, association. HTC has always been the pioneer. I mean, everyone talks about Meta and everyone talks about the Oculus Rift and that. But when you want a really good, reliable VR experience, HTC has been the one that I've always looked at personally and I think a lot of people in the industry as well. What was exciting about the Vive XR Elite is that, well, first of all, it looks comfortable. I mean, I haven't tried it on. I wasn't there. But it looks comfortable. It doesn't look like this big bulky thing with straps over the top of the head and everything else which is important when you're immersed for a few hours. But the other big plus is not only is it wire-free, and there's a few other headsets that are on the space, but it does have the ability to connect to a powerful PC if you need to play or do things in VR that actually do require a wired version and hence the operating or processing power rather of the PC. Um, I don't know if you've followed anything along these lines, Alex. As I said, for me, this was super cool because... I do like VR or love VR. 
Um, and as I said, it, it really does look like like the kind of headset that's small enough that you could just take away with you on the weekend as well, right? And you don't need a rig and, and everything else. Yeah, the initial reports uh, of the MetaQuest Pro was that, you know, it looked nice and had all the latest hardware inside, but the software was a bit half-baked. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, of course, you know, Facebook did do deals with Microsoft and others to bring Windows and Office into the headset space. But, you know, clearly the, uh, the videos that uh, uh, Facebook or Meta put out trying to explain what the metaverse is uh, it gave a much rosier picture than what it's actually like. And the HTC uh, Vive XR Elite uh, is meant to you know, give a better experience at a cheaper price and, as you were just explaining, has the ability to be connected back to a PC so that it can have the best of both worlds, the full mobility experience, but also backed up by uh, the, you know, the PC experience backing the whole thing up if you need that extra grunt. And, uh, yeah, definitely HTC if you look at a lot of the recent, the reviews or comments even along blogs and that is, you know, like Tim Cook and the boys are pushing towards AR. And again, I'm a big fan of AR. Um, but the main reason for this is pretty much price, like a, a, a decent VR rig or headset or, you, you know, it costs a lot of money. You need space and so on. Um, whereas, you know, a pair of AR glasses or just using a really good phone was easier to go. So that made sense. But the price point on the, the HTC Elite XR is competitive. I, I don't know what it will come out in Australia, but I think they were talking about four or $500. So it, it's somewhere in that region, which is not bad. That might have been a US price, actually. But still, it's yeah, sub-1,000, really. and it can still connect. So it can be professional grade, which is the key. Um, definitely a space to watch. I, I saw a couple of wonderfuls in, in the VR space. And um, in fact, TCL came up with a pair of AR glasses that look quite... A second-gen version. Like, yeah, but they look like quite like Buddy Holly, you know, like these really big glasses. Those were augmented reality, uh, but with proper AR lenses because the first generation was more screens where it kind of still mm. shut you out and you were watching content. This is now going to superimpose content for you. So interesting to see how that goes. And, you know, we've, we've got friends with, uh, in high places at TCL I'm sure we'll get to to play and find out more about them as they reach our shores. Um, I, I am conscious of time, and I also want, I'm dying to hear on some of the things that you found. So I'm going to just quickly click along. I said I've only got ten. Now I'm not a Windows user. Um, I don't own a Windows PC. My backup machine is a MacBook, and my other backup machine is a Chromebook. So there is no the only Windows in this house is Cade's rig, um, and that's got a Do Not Touch sign on it. So I don't touch Windows. But looking at the Lenovo Yogo Book 9R, I might be tempted. I looked at this and, and I read up some of the reviews of what some of the other um, tech journalists wrote. This seems to tick every single box about mobile working, for me anyway. Um, it's a dual screen. And I, I, I obviously explain what we look at because some people only listen to the show. They don't watch the show. But basically, if you picture a laptop and you open it up, it's just two screens. There's no keyboards. There's no trackpads. There's no nothing on it. And then it has a separate keyboard with like a little ridge that you can slot this in. So you can have a double screen vertical or you can turn it on its side and have two screens like if you're looking at a book. They obviously touch screen. It comes with a stylus. Um, I was blown away. Like Aurier would love this machine because he uses a, a Windows Surface and he likes that touch and 
uses a stylus and there are other stylus machines out there and Samsung makes them. Your thoughts, your comments? I mean, I'm talking to, as I said, arguably the biggest Apple fan in Australia, or at least number two, if it's not me. Um, would you give up your MacBook for this? I wouldn't. I would just wait for Apple to launch the same sort of thing. And also cognizant of the fact that you can replicate this exact setup uh, right now by uh, you you know, using no, you your, your, uh, your iPad, uh, especially yeah. if, it's, if it's a 12.9-inch version with your uh, you know, MacBook Air, MacBook Pro 13-inch. And, I mean, it's very easy to get these, um, these portable keyboards that have the built-in mouse. I mean, it's so thin nowadays. Yes. And I, so you can, I, I, you can replicate something like that. But this is just literally fold up and go. Like you don't have to it, It's fantastic. Yeah, look, it's, it's fantastic. It's two screens. I mean, people like to live a multi-screen life. That's the reason why you can use tablets, be they Windows uh, or uh, Android or iPads to, you know, have extra screens with your existing setup right now. I know one yeah. guy, the place I'm saying it right now, my friend's got four screens on a, on a mount on this side. He's and on that side, I've got another four screens. So he's got he's got oh, he does some Bitcoin trading and other things, but he just likes to have that, that many windows into the into the world, and so it's it's quite easy to do. But of course, the beauty of the Lenovo solution is that it is a you know a, an all-in-one device, super easy to use. And look, Windows 11 has come a long way in the interface stakes into sort of macifying that whole Windows uh, desktop experience. I've stolen a lot of ideas and things, and it's a lot less hassle. Uh, It's still a lot less hassle than than Windows 10 or 8 or 7 was. But, yes, it's still Windows. And, uh, again, I would just wait for Apple to launch something similar. Well, on that note, uh, right, and I'm seeing this, it's fantastic. I know we're talking about CS and we're going to stay with the products, but the rumors are flying that Mac 2025, the MacBook's going to come out touchscreen. Now, I know we're not going to comment on rumors or – but it's just weird. Like, has Apple now just gone 100% the commercial route? Because the reason why, or the reason that we were given why a MacBook doesn't come with a touchscreen is that it's a design machine and it's you don't want fingerprints all over it. And I must be honest, I respect that. I don't want fingerprints all over the screen on my MacBook. In fact, it drives me dilly. Um, and if I want to touch something, I touch an iPad. But have they now, if, if these rumors are to be believed, are they not capitulating under commercial stress and duress from the shareholders saying, listen, you know, everyone's got a touchscreen, you need a touchscreen? And will they kill the iPad because you won't need it? Yeah. The thing is, Apple has a touchscreen computer. It's called an iPad. Stick it into the magic keyboard attachment where yeah. the iPad sticks magnetically and it's floating above the keyboard. And you have a computer that can run with touch, with stylus, with a trackpad or a mouse. Uh, and obviously the, the keyboard as well. And, you know, Apple has uh, started with uh, Big Sur to have a more iPad sort of uh, kind of enhancements into into the Mac where some of the touch points for buttons and things were made larger. But it's where you have the, sc- the menus at, at the top and the top of the screen where you can uh, click on a menu and it drops down. Microsoft sort of tried to have that those menus be expanding and be larger when you're in tablet mode. Obviously, Apple's thought that has been inelegant, and they have been trying to come up with yeah. a touchscreen Mac that they're comfortable with. And the reason Steve Jobs gave for people not uh, t- touching screens in the early days was because a vertical touchscreen surface is tiring for your arm. You get the gorilla arm effect. And, I mean, yes, every now and then I do try and touch my Mac screen and, and, and click on something, and I gave my Mac to somebody and they tried to tap it to yeah. um, to start a video, and they were surprised, oh, how come this isn't touch? So, yes, I would love a touchscreen Mac, but, I mean, I respect Apple for 
You know, their, their famous saying is a thousand no's for every yes. You know, too many yeah. times companies have jumped in and stuffed it. Windows 8 and 8.1, case in point, totally stuffed. Windows 10, you know, people didn't like it. There was problems. That they've had to go back in many ways to, you know, before that. They have made all kinds of improvements with the touch, but it's been a dog's breakfast. So Apple is obviously trying very hard to make this as smooth as possible. And, you know, whilst we've been waiting for the MacBook Air to get touch, the iPad has become basically a MacBook Air. And uh, yeah. it's only natural that eventually just, these two will converge. And I, I look forward to 2025 coming. I mean, basically, they could take the iPad now that with the M, with the M series of processors. And put Mac OS on it, yeah. And just put it in. You know, they could do it. Yeah. There's a message on the screen for you, Alex. I don't know if you can read it, but uh, Thomas um, is saying hi to you. Hi, oh, yes. A while. Long uh, time no <laughs> see. Yes. Hi, Thomas. <laughs> Very good to see you. I've been um, following HBC on LinkedIn and yeah. Well, we were just talking about HBC yes. as well. So. We were. We were. Well, I'm, I'm assuming long. Thomas saw that. Yeah. Because although it's definitely look, it's not it's not going to get me off my Mac. Uh, but I am going to move along to this. This to me was just like hardware porn. So this is for the people listening. This is the Samsung Odyssey Neo G9. I don't know if they come up with these such long names. But basically, it is a 57-inch curved monitor with a 240 hertz refresh rate. So it covers everything. If you're a gamer, feel the view entirely. You've got the curved surfaces. If you're doing simulations, so you've got that curved wrap. Um, I, I can't fault this monitor. Like, I looked at it, and I mean, obviously, watching it from afar, even though, yes, I am at CES, you can see I'm here. I just didn't get to that hole where Samsung had it. <laughs> but for me, this here is worth whatever the dollar price is. You know, I work on a 32-inch at the moment. And, I, and I'm, you can see my eyes are moving all over. I've got stuff up on my screen while we're talking. I mean, 32 inches is a respectable size. This is 57 inches. I mean, that's not nearly double. Um, pfft, Samsung, if you're listening... I would be indebted forever in 13,000 days if you sent one of these around for me to play with. And in fact, I want to game on this. This is just, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, I think the secret though is because we have seen big monitors. The fact that they put the 240 hertz refresh rate, it just says, hey, gamers, you can now consider Samsung for gaming. Like, you know, it's, it's yeah, not just I mean, the Alienware. <sighs> I guess LG I'll... has announced 240 hertz screens too. So there's a lot of competition in this space. I mean, the, the gaming hertz. market is. They've actually announced 540 hertz, Alex. There's apparently a 540 hertz LG monitor coming up. Why we need oh, that refresh yeah. rate, I don't know. But yeah, they've taken one up. But um, it is a lot of competition. You know, it's one of the biggest growing industries in the world. Um, well, gaming is so huge. Makes... Gaming, gaming is a huge market. It make, makes more money than Hollywood from stats I've been hearing in the past. True. And in fact, Hollywood's now making money because of gaming. All the shows that are coming out. In fact, The Last of Us yeah, is about The Last to come. of Us. Come out. What a, what a great – I've seen the first show. episode. It's fantastic. Really? No spoilers, please. This is a no-spoiler show. No. So, fantastic. Um, watch it. Okay. I'll, I will watch. But what I like about the fact that it has the 240 hertz refresh rate means that even if the price of the monitor is 30 or 40% more – if you're a gamer and you game on PC, you now can cop it and buy this monitor and actually use your gaming PC as your all-rounder. Because, you know, if you take your work monitors at a 120 refresh rate, it's not enough for gaming. You get tearing, it's just, it's not enough. So now you can spend the money, have this 
beautifully huge monitor. You can watch content on it. You can work on it. And when the day is over, flick the switch and go into Steam and play on it as well. So I have well, to I say, look well, forward. Yeah. I, I, look, I agree with you, but I also look forward to uh, Thomas releasing an HTC Vive AR slash extended reality headset that just gives me this 57-inch curved screen in front of my face through a pair of AR glasses. So, I mean, that's so, definitely going to be in nice reality you can do that. two or three years. Um, the only problem is you can't share that with a friend. You know, whereas here you can sit and you, so like well, they'll, they'll, they'll have a pair of headsets too and they can watch as well. It'll just be synced. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. Right, what else do I have? I think we're going back to cars. Yes, we are going back to cars. So um, um, this is Sony and Honda's cars. I, I think I'm pronouncing Afila. it right. Afila. 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 Uh, a feel a. Afila. Yeah, do I have a feeling about this? A good feeling about this. Good collaboration. I think what makes this collaboration super sexy for me is one, Honda is arguably one of the most reliable car companies in the world. I mean, if you take, if you go to Google and say cars with the least number of problems or cars that are cheapest to maintain, whatever, Honda is always in the top three, if not at the top. Um, you know, maybe in one or two countries it isn't the case, but generally Honda's up there. So you have a car manufacturer that knows how to make cars and knows how to make good cars. Tick important right and then you have sony who does incredibly cool stuff in tech both from cameras to lenses to screens to sound to headsets to vr to, to the gaming. user interface and the user experience as well most correct and you take these two and you mash them into a feeler now what i really like and that's why i had to put this in my t in my 10 items to consider is this is a real product pre-orders 2025 delivery 2026 so this is not yeah. something that two companies it's not got a together and said. Cutter. Correct. Yeah. This is happening. I didn't have any decent inside. Well, I did have a couple of decent inside pictures, but I just want to go through the show quickly. People can go and Google it and that. There are screens. There's obviously the Sony UI and interface. You can clearly see the PlayStation coming through, which is not a bad thing. Um, mm. And looking at what's happening with PlayStation as well. I've got another product. And there's 45 sensors and cameras all around the car. I mean, Correct. where Elon Musk has been getting rid of LiDAR and trying to rely solely on cameras and, and, and sort of do moves to try and, um, I don't know, cut, cut down his costs or whatever, Sony and, and Honda have just gone in the other direction to produce the most advanced car they possibly can. And, uh, you know, if, if these cars truly are coming in the next couple of years, then that the onus is on all the other car manufacturers to make this sort of level of um, presentation the standard. And uh, the, yeah. the only question then is whether we're going to have enough, uh, of, you know, the lithium and, and battery materials to um, yeah. to make us uh, enough cars for everybody and enough charging infrastructure to charge them all, which we don't have at well, the moment. On that note, I got to say hi to Michael as well. Just while hi come through, hey Mike. Um, on that note, I think it's down in Geelong or Geelong. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Down in Victoria, there's a massive Geelong. battery Geelong. There's a massive battery yeah. factory that's ramping up now for what they call stored energy. So for EV yeah. chargers, for home systems that have stored battery facilities. So, you know, as long as the world starts to think and plan, because that's very important, is that we need a plan to be able to support the infrastructure. Uh, you know, we'll, yeah. otherwise we're going to have diesel generators driving now. electronic batteries. Yeah. The recycling is going to be an Which issue. It's not very environmentally um, friendly. The last thing I wanted to talk about on the car side of things, and we talk about rumors, you know, Apple's been talking about a car for a while. Now, 
there isn't, an, well, in my opinion, and I know you probably share it, there isn't a better user experience when it comes to engaging with a screen than Apple. And I'm waiting for the comments mm. to start flying now. So it makes sense to put a, a UR, an Apple OS or car OS, whatever they're going to call it, into a car. The question is, who do they partner with? They're not going to manufacture the car. Where They've always liked to try and make hardware themselves. I don't believe they're going to make cars themselves. That would just be stupid. But it would be interesting to see this type of announcement where Apple and car brand X uh, are, are, are talking about a 2027 pre-order in 2028 or so, you know, release or, or earlier. But um, this is super exciting. And I think, you know, being a gamer, um, the brand loyalty would go straight away. You know, I'd want a Sony car because of the console. Right, I, I did say the show is called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Right. So for those that are not watching, um, Withings, which are... So Withings, they yeah. Wearables, the they make scales. They make all kinds of things for body measurement and body health and body awareness. They came out with a thing called a U scan, and the U is the letter U as in urine. And this is a little thing that you stick inside your toilet and you pee on it. That, that's it. It, it. You pee on it. But what it does, it has these different cartridges. So it depends on who you are uh, and what you are. Um, if you're a male, you might be more interested in your livers and kidney functions. If you're a female, you might be interested in the time of the month from a, from a fertility point of view. You know, if you're looking at having a baby, you want to know what time of the month it, it, your cycle's on, which your urine will tell you, right? Or you want to know if you are pregnant. Imagine that if you sit down in the toilet and you, <laughs> and you, it tells you you're pregnant and you didn't know you were pregnant. Um, that could be a very shitty conversation to have with someone. Um, but the thing is, is that oh, it's or a, delightful. It, <laughs> or delightful. Um, it actually is, although it's like quite a weird topic, it actually is quite important, right? If, you're, if your health can be determined by urine and you go to the toilet every single day, it also might be simple things like um, not getting enough water. You know, so if you're not taking in enough water, your phone's going to beep and go, hey, Brett, your water count is low. Maybe have a glass of water. Um, just talking about it. I'm going to have to grab the thing of water. I don't know. Did, did you come across this thing at all, Alex? I did. I did. And, and what people have said is that, you know, the worst position at the moment, I mean, the man does have to be sitting down. Uh, is, what's the splashback like? I mean, how does it pick up a, a woman's urine stream? But look, if you've ever True. wanted to analyze your pee for health purposes, and such a thing has been talked about for uh, you know many many years. Well, you're in luck. Just buy one of these. Oh, no, no, Alex, you're getting as bad as me now, but I do like it. <laughs> right, let's move along. I did mention I had another product from Sony. I think this actually won um, the award, the product of the show. Which, you know, to get that accolade is no small feat given the number of products mm. and vendors. I'm talking about. Now, I'm going to say it looks like Leonardo. it looks like some sort of a dialing gate for Stargate. You know, one of those DNDs yeah, in Stargate. So you can you can you push all the different buttons. But no, I'll let you keep describing it. But it's very clever. Okay, so this is called Project Leonardo, and it's basically being designed for people with limited motor control. It actually looks pretty cool. I mean, you were just saying Stargate, but the idea behind it is it's it's a controller kit that will work with the PlayStation Five. Um, and it, it's a circuit. I'm trying to describe it for, as I said, for people that listen to the show. It's a circular gamepad. So if you picture a circle with all the buttons around the circle, um, L1, L2, R1, R2, the, the triangle, the square, the things that you would get on a Sony PlayStation controller. And then it has a round button that you would get like as a joystick on, um, on a wheelchair, on one of the mechanical wheelchairs. 
Um, some people put these on their steering wheels to help them turn, like especially on trucks. So if you picture that, right, that is what Project Leonardo is. And the whole idea is that it will work with DualSense, which is some of the um, accessibility software that helps people that need special accessibility requirements when it comes to interface. Um, but I just have to say shout out to Sony for saying, one, we identify and accept and welcome people that are not able-bodied, um, that have special requirements to game. Because the one thing about gaming that I love and why I got into the gaming industry is inclusion. I love the fact that it doesn't matter if you're male or female or whatever you identify as, if you're able-bodied or if you're disabled, you can game and you can game at some serious levels as well. But it does require setting up machines in certain ways for people that do have limited mobility. So, you know, Sony's actually gone out there and gone, let's give this some thought. And CES has actually acknowledged the thought and given them the product of the show. I think, as I said, and, I stand corrected. And my, uh, a lot of the yeah, gadgets and, and wires and that, they gave it product of the show as well. And, and one of the cool things about it is that you can actually add other switches and devices yes. to it. It's not, a, it's not a fixed closed system. So you can expand it so that it can really be customized to whatever your requirements are to be able to fully engage. True. And, um, uh, you know, it also has to be said that Microsoft did launch last year uh, a uh, different, but also with a circular pad and it, these controllers for accessibility purposes. So it's exactly the same idea. And they were also showing off at one of their big shows that had all these different types of mice and other controllers that were designed for people with, you know, not the standard abilities. And so it's great to see that uh, across as many spheres as possible, all of this accessibility uh, stuff is being worked on to a really sophisticated, mature and sophisticated degree that pr yep. truly promotes as much inclusivity as possible. The digital divide in, in accessibility is shrinking fast. Which is awesome. I have to say hi to David. Um, Alex, you know which David I'm talking about. I don't know if he was watching the show when uh, we spoke about... Uh, the TCL headset, but hint, hint, Alex and I oh, are yes. dropping some hints here. <laughs> it's that yeah. David, Alex. Um, what else have I got you? Okay, so so anyone that listens or watches my show knows I love headsets. I'm always reviewing headsets, um, over-the-ear headsets. In fact, if I look at my desk, there's three pairs floating around as we speak. Now, this was really, really cool and definitely was worth discussing. It's the JBL Tour Pro 2. And what they've done is they've put a small little screen on the EarPods box that's actually a, a display and touchscreen. So you can control active noise cancelling. You can change the equalizer. Um, you can put volume up, volume down. Now, people might go, well, Brett, why don't you stick on the buds? Well, there's a couple of obvious reasons for that. The less that you have to do on the buds, the smaller you can make them, which means the more discreet they are, the more in your ears they can go. So from that point of view, it makes sense. The only thing that I would be concerned about is that this is a touchscreen, which means it requires battery. Now, the charging, the, the, the case on most, if not all, headsets nowadays charges the buds, so it holds charge. What happens in this scenario? Is it eating charge? Is it got a separate meter that uses mm -hmm. itself? Those are the things that I'd like to find out, and maybe I'll get to play with a pair of these when they come here. Um, and even if they don't, it's just a different concept, right? Because... Um, the AirPods, for example, I think the latest version, so AirPods Pro 2, I think it's three. the latest, three. three. The two, two, two. Um, you, no, the, two. the AirPods 3, but the two you can yeah, swipe down and change the volume. Correct. So, they, yeah. you know, the, the users really were cool. so stoked by the fact that there were finally controls on the actual pods. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You can actually now remove the controls, make them even smaller. 
uh, and keep the control on the box. And let's be honest, you're not going anywhere without the box because if you are, well, mm. well, that's a bit stupid. So I like this no, it's, idea. It's a cool um, idea. Yeah, I do like it. And it's also, you know, where a lot of people forget about CES, even the products never see the light of day. This is about innovation. No one else has done this. No one's actually put controls in the box. It's always been a super slick app. And on that note, I have to say on the Jabra's, which is one of my go-to headsets, the app is really, really good. Like it works well. It measures your ear to make sure that the ANC is good. It's a great app, but if I want to do something, I have to go into the app. I have to find the app. I have to open the app. And I have to do that. So here it is just on my box. I'm listening to a song. The bass could be a bit heavy. I don't have to open up apps and look for the equalizer. Just tap the little box, drop the bass down. I think it's cool. I liked it. So that's where I left that. Now, this is something that I would commit to using. So for the listeners, I'm talking about the Acer eConnect BD3 bike desk. Mouthful. And what it is, is basically a static bike, like you would get at a gym, with a table that's designed for your laptop. It's got two USB-As and one USB-C. And apparently one hour of, of, um, one hour of cycling, cycling will give you 75 watts of power and only 60 RPM. Now, 60 RPM is not really going to break a sweat. Um, but then 75 watts is also equally not that much power. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, like, I live in Queensland, right? It's hot. I mean, I've got the AC running at the moment, and it's hot. Imagine sitting on a Zoom call, or even like now I'm doing my show, and I'm pedaling, and then we just got the sweat coming down there yet. I'm not quite sure how that would work. Equally, though, if it's not a Zoom call, I think that's a fantastic idea. In fact, I saw this product in the airport at Singapore. I remember taking photographs. You could charge your phone for free, but you had to pedal. So you had to sit on the bike and pedal while your phone was charging. Um, I love it. Uh, I, I would definitely review it. I would definitely give it a play. I'm at my desk all day long. And I think it's a case of maybe just to keep the phone charged. I wouldn't try and keep my MacBook charged uh, or my headsets, like the little charging case and so on, just to keep the legs going as well. It's going to be good circulation through the body. So uh, they also did say in the, um, in the press release, if you're not working, you can actually push it back, like push the, the um, desk away from you. There's handlebars underneath, and you can go for a proper workout, and you can put the, the, the resistance up and all these good things. So I liked it. I thought it was innovative. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't, would you use it, Alex? I have a QB Pro. It's a small device that's got uh, pedals that you can change oh, the dials. Your under your desk, yeah. You can, yeah, yeah. So you, it's portable. You can take it with you, and you can pedal along. You can make it softer or, or you know, harder to, to pedal. And there's an app that is uh, showing you, you know, how, how many kilometers you've gone. It doesn't have the power generation capability, unfortunately. Okay. Well, <laughs> that could be cool. a dynamo, right? You, you probably could, yeah, I'm sure you. <laughs> yeah, there's a project here, challenging so, the project. But, you know, th- this is the modern version of the – of the desk that people had before with a, with the cycling uh, concept underneath it. But this one is actually charging things. And we have seen in movies or or cartoons where people were running on, you know, on a bike to provide enough power to power a television set. People were doing that, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So it's the modern version. 75. It's enough to charge your. Yeah, absolutely. And and the MacBook is, the MacBook is a 30 watts, you know, here we go. So you will power a MacBook. It just won't charge. It will just keep it running. But still, if you're sitting here yeah. working, 
you run it off natural power. I, as I said, I, I, I really like it. I think it's a great idea. It's yeah. not a concept product. I think the list price was about a thousand US. Um, so you're looking at what about 1300 Australian? You know, yeah. stand up desks can the ones that raise and fall and they can cost you probably seven, eight hundred dollars to stand. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can actually have a piece of gym equipment as well. So kudos to them. Well done. My last product in my 10 is just because I called the show. The, in fact, I didn't call the show, but I mentioned at the beginning the good, the bad, the ugly, and I'm just going to click the slide. Uh, WTF statement <laughs> might actually need to be relevant. So on the screen at the moment is the shift all new talk. Now, at first, I thought this was a, st- a, a product to stop like a nagging mother-in-law or something like that, but sadly, it's actually not. It's just a weird device. The idea behind this is to keep your virtual reality conversations private. So for those listening, it's a muzzle. So if you imagine you've got a VR headset on and you have another one over your mouth and it's got a Bluetooth connector that connects to the VR headset and basically there's microphones inside there and you talk and your conversation is now private. So no one can hear. Now, is that nice for a disturbance point of view? If someone's in VR and you're not, yes. Um, If you're having a super private conversation, you don't want anyone to hear, yes. Will I ever use it? Hell no. Um, you know, it's 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 just like I'm just thinking about things like VR motion sickness, which is a real thing. And people do throw up from VR motion sickness. And now you've got a thing over your mouth and you throw up into it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I did see a video to- where the guy, this guy was um, yelling and, and, and you could hear his ah sound. And then we put the, the, um, the gadget over his mouth, he couldn't hear that sound anymore. I also saw that there were these uh, cartridges that could produce a bunch of different smells, that, and you could put this thing that. over your nose. So you can imagine a guy with a hose over his nose to feel to smell the smells. And there were also a number of haptic VR yes. extensions where you could put these gloves on, you could feel people shaking hands and feel things. And so obviously yeah. this is all unbelievably primitive, but it's the closest thing we have to the holodeck. So at least there's that. Look, I, and again, <clears throat> it is innovation. You've got to start somewhere. The smell it's stuff, I did look at those. I love that. In fact, when, when I had my, my design agency, when I was still in South Africa, and um, we used to always burn these little scented coffee capsules because the smell of coffee always stimulates conversation. People go to coffee shops. It's welcoming. There's a whole psychology behind it. And the clothing brand, Abercrombie & Fitch, in America – you could smell if there was an Abercrombie and Fitch in the mall. If you walk down some of the, the, the passageways, you could actually smell an Abercrombie and Fitch store. So smell works, and it recalls all kinds of cool memories and that, and I get it. And imagine, if you're watching a cooking show, imagine like watching a cool cooking show, like a baking show. You've got this smell of baking, and that. it's got to enhance the experience. But equally, it needs to be comfortable and like – I actually breathe from my mouth. I don't like breathing through my nose. So I'd play VR for all of one minute and 38 seconds, and I'm going to drop dead because I haven't breathed. So, yeah, I'm going to click that off. In fact, I'm going to actually remove that from screen, um, bring us back up there, Alex. I know you've probably got a bag of tricks. If you want to bring up some slides and show us. Yeah, yeah let me let – me, let me, yeah. We've only got uh, about six minutes left. Yeah, sure. But just be, well, while just you're doing on. that, what did you think of my 10? Did I – cover like a fair touch point of all the weird and wonderfuls or did I leave anything out that you would have oh, look, as you said it, you know there's it's four or five days of CES especially if you go there as media you get a couple of days yeah. early 
and there are 3,200 exhibitors. I mean, you know, if you if you only spend a few minutes with each one, by the end of it, you'll 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 have seen you know, less than 100 yeah. people or something. I mean, you, there's, there's yeah. only so much. You really have to plan your journey through CES as much as possible beforehand, or you just go and sort of just walk around and be uh, awed by it all. But if you're trying to fit as much as possible in, that's the only way to do it. But no, all those products were great. I, I've seen all of those, but I've definitely got some more to show. We've only got five minutes cool. to go, so let me... No, no, we can extend me, it on. There's no rules here. Sure, well, um, I, think, we're, we're, I, think my, I think my whole system shuts down when I get to the hour mark, but uh, we're sure. good for now. Now, yep. now let me just um, tap on my Safari. So can you see my uh, Safari we, screen at the moment? This. Dispelix, Dispelix. There we go. Now, Dispelix has has this. I'm not sure if this will play actually. But this this has a. Um, uh, it's using these these little. Let me just get out of this. It's using these little lenses. One second. You can see the lady's putting these lenses on, and yeah. it's displaying this uh, information in front of her through these little glass um, lenses that produce this uh, holographic sort of effect. And this is just a uh, sort of a demo video that uh, is, is showing this has been announced at long last. And um, you can't buy it yet right away. They they're cool. really promoting the fact they that they have these cool, cool lenses. So let me just um, get out of this for a second. I'll just refresh the page. And uh, I only saw the press release about this couple of days ago. Like, they don't look like these Yeah, weird, well, see, it's, 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 it's got these, these, um, this waveguide technology, these see-through waveguides are used to tra as transparent displays in extended reality devices. They officially, they optically combine the real and virtual worlds in the user's field of vision. So the advancements in the cameras are, are going uh, incredibly uh, quickly and the headsets that we'll have, at, you know, in the 2030s will be dramatically, the ones we have today will look just laughably primitive like we laugh at, uh, you know, phones from the 1900s. But um, well, also remember you're going uh, to have contact lenses as well. So you'll have yeah, just Yeah, it'll all be on that. That's right. Now, you've got to watch the AMD keynote. There is, there is an introduction to the 13-minute mark that talks about the wonders of technology and how they are the things that are getting us through the pandemics and through inflation and through, you know, wars and, and famines and all sorts of different problems. And then there's a great presentation from uh, AMD's Dr. Lisa Su, the CEO and uh, chief executive. Sorry, the chair and the chief executive. And she starts off by saying that 2023 is going to be the year of AI and that all of their 740 series, 7040 series notebook processors are going to have uh, AI chips built in across the board and oh, they're cool. on their four nanometer pr process that will give over 30 hours of battery life. Definitely, if we had more time, I'd play this, but we just, we just don't. Um, there's a great video from CES, from CNET, called Best of CES 2023 Recap. And one of the cool things they have here, actually, is um, a this very cool screen, very cool screen that uh, from Samsung called the Samsung Flex. Now they they have the wireless OLED TV from LG that requires no yeah. cables except for the power cable. They have the one from Displace Can TV. Can I stop you there in a second? I looked at that. So the, yeah. the wireless um, screen was about a ninety-seven inch, and it was super thin. It yeah. just had a power cord, and then it uses a mm. box, and you plug all your peripherals into the box, and then it streams it over the air. The only with a problem standard, that I had with that's, that yeah. Yeah. is that you're actually transmitting wirelessly, which can allow for interference. You know, like Bluetooth mm. and Wi-Fi can have little issues. That was the only thing. That's why I never put in my top 10, because I'd, I'd actually like to see how that technology plays out, you know, with things sure. like... Well, according to LG, according to LG, 
the yeah. um, the technology is three times faster than Wi-Fi six, and it's proprietary, wow. okay. and it can okay. do 4K at 120 hertz. So in theory, they've tested that, and you know they, there's also the ability for them in the future to make it totally wireless through some sort of wireless beaming technology, which does actually exist, but is not in widespread use at the moment. Instead of putting something on a wireless pad, it, you just pick up wireless uh, energy like Wi-Fi. There's Energis okay. and there's What Up, uh, and there's um, there's a bunch of people that are Ossia. There's a bunch of people that are working on that. But um, the, the displays people have a 55 inch TV, which has got four batteries that you can uh, pull them out at different times and charge them separately. And it's and it uh, connects to uh, a surface by magnets, so it can be just floating in the air. It also has a box that sends information to it, but it doesn't need a power cable. But um, there's all sorts of cool stuff here. The HTC Vive XR is in there, the, the second-gen TCLR glasses. But check out this Samsung Flex. This goes for a couple of minutes. Just watch this very quickly. Let me hit play. Is this their new gen where they've reduced the crease? No. Oh. Oh, this is the expanded. There we go. I saw this. This was the expand. Yeah. Now, TCL did something like this, I think, last CES or even the CES before, just as a matter of interest. They had this expanded thing that came out as well. LG. LG was up. doing it with the rollable display, but it was it, it wasn't rollable, rollable, just right. right. Yeah. And, and Samsung also had at its display, it had tri uh, trifold displays. I mean, I this is that. a fold and a slide. Yeah. So there's some yeah. really, really cool stuff there. And, you know, I mean, I, I urge you, please, you know, watch the keynotes. How many times in the past six months have you watched some rubbishy Netflix or some yeah. other streaming media show or you saw some stupid movie? If you watched any of the Bruce Willis movies from the last five or ten years, they're all rubbish. <laughs> don't, don't watch okay, them. Hold he, a second, he, he, they, they're doing him a solid. You know, he, it's actually quite hard for him to act. I believe he's got some. Well, he's retired. He's retired now because he, he, he yeah, he, he can't, he can't remember lines he's, or he's something. Losing, yeah. he's, he's like he's getting dementia or something like that. Basically, he's just losing right. it, and so he's he's officially given up. And 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 but um, you know, the keynotes are sci-fi shows that are either already true or are about to come true very yeah, soon. I agree. I mean, it won't be long before we're going to see this particular display on sale. Um, I mean, at the, obviously it'll be expensive to begin with, but you know, the folding iPads are coming. We, we've already seen Lenovo. It's got the the the, the single sheet of glass that is folding, not the two separate yeah. um, screens that we saw earlier on. But, you know, watch the AMD keynote. Watch this. Um, these best, there's a few best of ones. There was some great AI stuff that TechCrunch picked up. Examples are the AI-powered oven from uh, Samsung. It's got 80, it's got, uh, 80 dishes that it can recognize, and it knows the ingredients to optimize the cooking settings. It can send a warning notification. If it detects food might be burning. Uh, and Samsung also has the um, the JetBot AI vacuum cleaner that can uh, map out a whole room, avoid things, but go very close to them while cleaning it. You know, the, the, 2023 is the year of AI. And, you know, we've seen things like chat GPT get so popular that it can be too over capacity at the moment. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but the chat GPT, I've, I've, it says it's at capacity right now. Get notified when we're yeah, back. And I've seen that a write, few times. Ask it to write. Yeah, it's because it's, people they, are just they are looking at their it. pro model as well, which I would actually yeah, pay yeah. for. Um, yeah. I, in fact, you know what, Alex, we need to do a show on chat GPT because I, and then for everyone that's listening or watching, just Google Ryan Reynolds Mint Mobile chat GPT commercial. I did the same thing just to see if it was 
Ryan Reynolds and a clever marketing agency coming up with a, a, a thing around ChatGPT. Let me tell you, it's real. I've got a script written for me that I would happily sell to a client. Just the way I've yeah. written it in the same way he describes it. So let's do a show on ChatGPT, the pros, the cons, the negative. I mean, look, you, you're writing stuff there. It's absolutely in. I've got to log in again. <laughs> you yeah, yeah you well, log in. well, because so I, I decided to, I decided to stay logged in, but the, from yesterday as a as a way of hoping to, to fool it. But no, you've got to you've got to log in again. And but chat is awesome. I'm talking to the club forum on ChatGPT as well for the oh, wonderful, Australian wonderful club, yeah. Senior Computer Club Association. Senior Computer Club Association. So, yeah. um, so look, yeah. I will definitely have to watch that. But let me quickly go through. So Samsung's got AI powered TVs with an auto. HDR mode. They also had a thing called Relumino that could increase the contrast of people and the and the edges and the shapes, and it can make things easier for people with low vision to see. So a lot of accessibility stuff like we were looking at. Nice. Upscaling yep. GPUs, fatigue battling watch, uh, flashy light lighting. Samsung also announced, and you've got the those things from NanoLeaf, which are very cool. Yeah, Samsung announced the Philips. Yeah, with and and. Um, this is from somebody called Govia, but even Samsung can, with its latest TVs, you can have a some uh, Philips Hue powered lights, and they can be shining lights that yeah. match the content you're seeing on screen to create the ambiance. Uh, there's also a bird friendly feeder. All this on um, bird friendly feeder that, with a uh, camera in there. Yeah, That's cool. Identify a thousand species of birds. A self driving stroller with AI, so that it's not going to just run off into traffic, and it can sort of make the ride smoother for the baby. So if you've got a baby, you uh, and also get rid of, you just get it run away. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't use this because you won't be able to lose it. And there's a pepper-picking robot. So you don't need Peter and his pick of peckled peppers. You can just get a robot to do it instead. <laughs> now, I would definitely go to the CES... Pick of, uh, <laughs> definitely go to the CES 2023 keynotes page. There's so yeah. many cool sessions there, BMW keynotes and State of the Industry and John Deere keynotes. I mean, there's just endless amounts of content. LG had a fantastic um, keynote as well, you know, 50 minutes. I mean, these are the in, in the realm of uh, TV shows or um, <clears throat> short movies, and it just it's so valuable for you to watch because you're seeing what's coming. Uh, and for a lot of these companies, these are products that are coming this year. Some of them, they're already available. Um, here, for example, Look, it's the, CES it's the Super Bowl of technology, right? If you're a tech it is, fan, it is. and if you're listening to the show, you must be a tech fan. But this yeah. is the Super Bowl of technology. Like, you're, yeah. you you could spend weeks. Well, how long has it been now? It's nearly two weeks, three weeks since yeah. CES. I still haven't got through all the keynotes. I've been like trying to no, watch them no, while I work, hey, and then I get sidetracked. But, you know, it's it's yeah. amazing. But you want to see more about the Sony Sony Honda Mobility Afila car yeah. in much more detail than we were able to. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how how they called it. But it's 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 all here. It's fantastic. So you know, you, you definitely have to go through that and have a look. And you know, I mean, Qualcomm, for example, I saw Qualcomm on the on the on the pier there for a second. Qualcomm has uh, also set up a, a Snapdragon Qualcomm chip that can talk to the same sort of satellites that Apple has invested $450 million into. So the ability for your phone by the end of the decade, for all, pretty much every phone, even presumably the cheapest ones, um, to ha have access to technology that uh, connects you to uh, satellites for both emergency you know, positioning and emergency messages, but eventually just just talking normally it's it's yeah. just something that's going to be standard very very soon and you know th those are the controllers that we saw there that you explained yep. from sony that's just one of the pictures there 
Um, if I can keep going through here, you know, the color changing car, we saw that. Um, 5G didn't really make a big splash at CES this year because we're all 5G'd out. I mean, for most people, 5G is just a slightly faster version of 4G. It has to be said, excuse me, though, that um, you know, 5G can deliver super fast speeds and, and 4G as well. I mean, 4G can still give me – I'm at a friend's house in Barara. On my Telstra 4G, 5G phone, no, iPhone 14 Pro Max – where I am, it only connects at 4G, but it gives me two or 300 megabits. My Vodafone connected phone is lucky to give me, you know, up to 10 megabits. And if I'm downloading large files, I mean, they happen so much faster on the Telstra network. So we've seen the advances that 5G can bring, but a lot of the things that were promised were really promises for 6G. And although they talk about low latency and robotic surgery and self-driving cars, it's the technology that is needing to catch up, not the, not the uh, connectivity. The connectivity is there. So we're going to start hearing much more about 6G soon, which will be here by 2030. Uh, and there also there was this Optimus Prime robot that I saw uh, at a Mashable ad. Now check that. this out. Yeah, hang on once. Let me just pause this. Pause this or I'll close this because I've got it on the next screen. Uh, can you still see my screen? Can you see the Optimus yep. Prime robot now? Yep, yep. Okay, so let me hit play on this. It was for two minutes. Yeah, just watch this. Listen to the descriptions, but... This is this is a thousand US dollars and or nine 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 and there's a smaller one for six nine nine, and um, it's all programmable. Oh, I want. It'll go so well with my little vector. Look, I've got vector. Yeah, watch. Now let me just fast forward a bit, because you can also start jumping around and dancing around doing kung fu moves with pretty incredible. Um, here we go. Just wait for it to catch up. So cool. Does he talk as well? I found this on the web. That's so cool. The robotics are amazing. And, the, right? and, and then they and then they knock him over and he gets right up. So cool. Yeah, that's definitely something that I would play with. And yeah, you see, like you've just said, this is something you can buy. So there's just so much cool stuff out there. Um, my only bugbear with CS is that it's always after Christmas. It's like just just watch this late. quickly here, Brett. It's and then he's going to put him on his back and he's going to get up as well. So one sec, you'll see it as well. That's amazing, huh? So cool. So, yeah, yeah. So look, and and look, a couple more things. Um, speed speed test came out today with the median country speeds for December twenty twenty two. The... We still suck. Let's not, let's not end the show on a bad note. No, no well, uh, no. The, the, basically, the, the, they're, all, they're all pretty good in Australia. Uh, Telstra, Vodafone, and Optus. Telstra is still the fastest. Um, and I also wanted to show this just quickly here that uh, Apple has launched um, new and it's got their new MacBook oh, that was Pro. Today they announced. Yeah, the new the M, the M2, yeah, this morning M2 Pro and M2 Max. They have a new Mac Mini with an M2 and an M2 Pro. Now, the new Mac Mini with the M2, that started life last uh, with the M1 at, at uh, 1099. It's this yeah. unit, only 8 gig of RAM and only 256 gig SSD, but still good enough for the vast majority of what you know people need to do. It's 999, so it's $1,000 cheaper. But the MacBook Pros have gone up by about $200 and $150 respectively. But still, you know, pretty amazing in a time of some crazy inflation. So I would yeah. definitely be um, having a look to see uh, what these new MacBooks are. They're going to launch on the 3rd th or the 2nd. And if you click 
over on watch the announcement or you just go to youtube.com slash apple there's a video which is about 17 or 18 minutes long it's sort of like a mini keynote and uh, here it is here 18 minutes and 55 seconds and it's um i'll just i'll pause it but there's plenty of uh info there about the the, <clears throat> the new devices and uh if you're a computing fan then uh, yeah. you, know, you should definitely ch check these out i mean i I say that uh, Apple is trying to – well, with these devices, they're, they're now sit atop Apple's crown of computing supremacy. And I said forget quantum supremacy or the singularity and even forget about chat, GPT, and AI for the moment. The computing platform you work on and the hardware, software, and services upon, it run, upon which it runs are crucially important for computing happiness. And Apple's pulling out all the stops. And, uh, you know, in just finally, in um, I'll just hide this and go back to my um, – just stop sharing here. Well, actually, I don't know if you can do it from your end. I can do it. Stop screen. But, no, no, I've done it. I've done it. But uh, <coughs> sorry, now I've just forgotten what I was saying. But the um, the amount of technological innovation is just quite insane. And uh, if you're still using a Windows PC, then you should definitely – oh, that's what I was going to say. Both IDC and Canalys noted that in the December quarter of 2022, uh, PC sales went down by about 29%. And in – the um, global sales for the 2022 calendar year it was down by about 16%. But that was for PC makers. Apple is the only computing maker that increased its uh, sales, whereas everybody else went down. So, um, you know, even though there's 90% more PC sold in the world than Macs, this is a very excellent indication that it is always quality over quantity. I just wish, uh, and that actually would have been a perfect place to end, but I have to get my two cents in. I just wish the game developers would rejig their games for the new M series of processors. Well, let me let me help. let me tell you that you should watch the 18 minute and 55 second mini keynote from Apple because they make a specific mention of the power of the uh, the MacBook Pro and also the uh, M2 that's what I'm Pro. Saying. You know mini, that and it's, can and it's incredible it. graphics capability. That, so they're they really a push. The publishers, the publishers haven't actually changed off the intel like Look, steam that's going to have to that's it's going to have to change i mean the, the thing is well, apple has so. wonderful like relationships well <laughs> the thing is what you say is correct but where is the majority of the money being made in mobile it's in mobile gaming apple has wonderful yeah. relationships with every gaming company except except fortnite yeah. <laughs> but with everybody else having a great relationship yeah, great time uh, epic and, apple Epic, yeah. Well, the Epic was a great um, uh, partner of Apple's for many, many years. So, um, you know, they, they've got to be greedy, but also, yeah, and people forget that before Apple launched with its 30% um, fee on the App Store, the Palm Visor, the Palm Spring, you know, the hand visor oh, and the Palm yeah. App Store, they were like 60, 70%. Apple, when it came in, was a revolution. It's like people think the iPhone, original iPhone uh, that came out in 2007 had a small screen. When it came out, its screen was 3.5 inches yeah. in a world where Nokia's were one inch and two inch. So, you know, Apple has done Alex, a great thing. And, and gaming is going to be a huge. I have to hard stop us. I'm just worried because it gets to an hour and it closes off. All my yeah. publishing tools are set to a maximum of an hour. And I'm at 59 and 14 seconds. So yeah. thank you okay. for joining me. Thank you. It's always more fun to have someone to talk to and talk with. Um, thanks for the shares. Um, and to everyone, yes, please go and have a look at the keynotes. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. So until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny.
Bye bye.